It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. The Grammys will look very different this year. Like most other awards shows, the ceremony will be virtual. It's also coming a bit later than usual, having been moved from its original late January date. We're going to discuss the scheduled performances and the Georgia hopefuls. Joining me to talk about this year's Grammy Awards is the AJC's music writer, Melissa Ruggieri. Thanks for being here, Melissa. I'm always happy to talk about the Grammy Awards, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, and if it involves music, we can usually talk for quite a while. Yes. So, you know, we'll try to keep you from uh, getting bored out there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, first of all, uh, the show itself, um, it's going to be very different this year. Everything is very different this year. As a matter of fact, the press room will also only be virtual. And this is only the second time in probably 25 or 26 years for me that I won't be there to cover it. The only other time I haven't gone in my professional career was my second year here at the AJC when one particular editor didn't think it was worth sending me that year. And that happened to be the year that Whitney Houston died the night before at Clive Davis's Grammy party. So uh, that, we, we never made that uh, mistake again, <laughs> of yeah. not sending me. And it's, it, yeah, I, I'm, you know, as a journalist, I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out on our end when you're so used to being, you know, being in the press room and having these artists coming back throughout the day. Don't forget the pre-show, the pre-telecast actually starts at three o'clock on Sunday, the Grammy Awards are Sunday night, eight o'clock CBS also airing uh, streaming live on Paramount Plus, the newly renamed Paramount Plus. And you can also, though, but that pre-telecast will take place at three in the afternoon and you could just tune into that on Grammy.com. And also YouTube is going to be streaming it live, too. And people tend to forget that there are 84 awards that they give out at the at the Grammys every year. 70, right. 70 of those awards are actually given out during this premiere ceremony. And, you know, it's only the additional 14 that you're going to see during the live show 
that night. So if you go to Grammy.com, I mean that, and they and they've spiced that thing up a lot in the last few years. That they've got you know hosts and performances every you know ten or so awards that they give out just to keep people a little interested because let me tell you for years that thing i mean kathy griffin kind of notoriously renamed them the chamois yeah. <laughs> many years ago and that whole ceremony was just the most dull thing that you could think of and you know for three hours we'd be sitting in the press room going oh god just just why just read off the list of winners and who even needs to go through all this but they've really <laughs> they've really made an effort in probably the last decade to make it more of a show because those awards are just as important as the ones that are given out on TV, but there's just so many categories that, you know, we'd be here for six days that they were trying to give them out all on TV. So yeah, we should probably remind people that the show has been postponed as so many things in life have (laughs) in this past year, they were originally supposed to be the end of January. And then, you know, a couple of weeks before everything was really going to start rolling out for the, the January production, they decided, you know what, we really can't do this in California because at that time, you know, the surge of the coronavirus in California was so bad that there was just no way that they could fly in enough artists to participate, whether as presenters or performers. So they just said, hey, let's just hold off until March 14th and hope that by then everything is okay enough. And that seems to be what's happening. I mean, there's still some concerns and there's still some, should we even be doing this now? Maybe we should have pushed it to May, but you know, Hey, as far as I know, it's happening in a few days. Right. And and these are the 63rd annual awards. Trevor Noah will be hosting. He was always going to be the host. So fortunately he was still available when they, when they changed that over. And yeah, uh, uh, what you're going to be seeing on your side is going to be much different than usual as well. It, they will have a mix of live and taped performances. Some that you know they're doing these these days now that the, you'll be seeing. What's a little also very different. The Grammys have been held at the Staples Center when they've been in LA since 2000. They've gone to Madison Square Garden once or twice during that you know that 21 year period. But the Staples Center is really their home. Right. And last year, actually, the the day of the Grammys was the same day that Kobe Bryant was tragically killed in the helicopter crash with his daughter and and their friends. And that was really kind of very eerie thing to be in the Staples Center, which was his basketball home on the day that this had happened. And then when I left that night at, you know, midnight or whatever time it was, it it was actually, I I mean, I, I was, I was glad that I was in that place to be able to see the outpouring of love and grief and admiration and everything for him in LA, the LA live Plaza that surrounds the Staples Center. And so, you know, the Staples Center is become really synonymous with the show, but that's not where it's going to be this year. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're they're holding the performances at the Los Angeles Convention Center, and they're also going to utilize many of the streets in the area, which is part of that LA Live complex. So you'll probably see the Staples Center in the background at some point, but but the uh, Convention Center, which it's adjacent to the Staples Center, if you've never been out there, that's usually where they have the the official Grammy party after the show, and also where they hold the Music Cares uh, Friday night events, which they're also doing virtually this year. So. You'll see things that were, you know, also taped inside the Los Angeles Convention Center. You'll see the performances are all supposed to emanate from either there or, as I mentioned, you know, these outside areas. The presenters are supposed to be coming from there. You know, we in the press have been trying to get answers to lots of things this week that we still haven't yet, such as our winners going to be on site or are they going right. to be virtual that I have no answer for you at this point. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> we'll have well, to wait. It's like, that's how they've been doing the others uh, so far, like the golden globes, the, the folks were virtual, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, the, um, you know, I can't imagine that 
And certainly not everyone will be there, even if some of them are. Well, the thing is, a lot of this is what makes the Grammys different. And also, you know, as we've seen the award shows that have taken place in the last few months, especially the Golden Globes, the ratings have been abysmal and have, you know, thoroughly plummeted from years past. I'm not sure the Grammys are going to be stung by that quite as much because they have the performance aspect going for them. Whereas these other shows, you're basically tuning in to see people reading off names and then, you know, whatever celebrities you might be interested in on their screen in their living room, you know, whereas at least with the Grammys, you know, you're going to be entertained by music the entire evening. Again, that's, you know, that whole only 14 awards are actually given out (laughs) during the show. The rest is all going to be performance driven. And it's going to be a little bit different this year too. This is the first time in I think 40 something years that Ken Ehrlich, he's, you know, just noted producer. He's, he, Ken retired last year. That was his last year. So there's a new producer this year. And Ken was really known for what they had come to coin the, you know, Grammy moments where they would team, you know, just a, a veteran artist with a new artist or two, you know, clashing genres. Uh, you know, and right. and so, some people liked it. Some people didn't. I thought most of the time it was pretty interesting. Sometimes it was a little weird <laughs> and you kind of went, yeah, this didn't really work. I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of that this year. Also for, you know, pandemic purposes, it would yeah. be a lot more difficult, you know, but since a lot of the performers are, are going to be there anyway to perform, you know, if it's someone like Taylor Swift, she's up for six awards. So if she wins, I guess, you know, she could just come back out on the stage to pick up her trophy rather than, you know, being virtual. And, and I don't know for sure if Taylor is a pre-taped or a, a live performance right, right now, but I'm just saying, you know, so there might be some of the winners who will be there because they were already there to perform anyway. So it's probably just going to be this grab bag of, you know, you'll, you'll have to see, you know, what, right. <laughs> what yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to just, just to, to watch because you don't know what's going to happen because no, you don't. And, and, you know, the lineup of performers is pretty deep. I, I think they, they, they've just announced it this week, which is extremely late. I mean, they yeah. usually at least give you a, a heads up of, you know, maybe they'll do like the first dozen two or three weeks out and then, you know, the next five or 10, you know, two weeks out. And it's usually never, you know, five days, six days before the actual award show. But, you know, you've got Taylor, Harry Styles, BTS making, you know, kind of making history. This is going to be the first performance by a K-pop group at the Grammys and their first performance performing their own song. They they had a cameo with Lil Nas X last year when he did Old Town Road. And, you know, he did this sort of revolving door of other performers popping up throughout the song. And BTS was one of those. But this will be their first on their own. And um, Dua Lipa, Cardi B, Billie Eilish, Miranda Lambert, John Mayer, Megan Thee Stallion, Black Pumas, Bad Bunny, Roddy Rich, Post Malone. This is even all of them. Mickey Guyton and Atlanta's own little baby, who is up for two awards in rap categories. And the one major name that is absent from that list is Beyonce, who happens to be the most nominated artist this year. (laughs) She has nine nominations and she's, of course, has performed on the Grammys, you know, numerous times. So there's I don't think there's any type of snub thing happening there. And who knows, you know, maybe maybe she didn't. I think she lives there. So I don't know about traveling, but um, maybe she's going to be one of those surprise guests that they just didn't want to say anything about or didn't want to commit in advance. And she might show up and who knows. But one of the other things that they're going to do during the telecast, which I think is is really cool, I'm kind of bummed that Atlanta is not part of this, but they're going to pay tribute to independent venues, which, as we know, have been hit very hard by yeah. the COVID-19 pandemic. And so various categories will be presented by club workers. 
And they're going to get people, you know, bartenders, box office managers from a handful of venues around the country. It's the Troubadour in L.A., the Hotel Cafe in L.A., the Apollo Theater in New York and the Station Inn in Nashville, which is why I really thought Atlanta should be slotted in there somewhere. (laughs) But okay, fine, because we've got lots of independent venues here who have been hit hard by the pandemic and would have been nice to give them a little bit of a spotlight. But regardless, um, I think that's that's a nice thing that the Grammys are doing because, you know, the, the producer, the new producer has said that they certainly aren't going to try to hide the fact of what the music industry has gone through this past year with, you know, the shutdowns that are still plaguing them. You know, as we know, some venues, even here, like the Roxy are slowly reopening with a handful of shows, multiple nights for one artist doing, you know, 600 tickets instead of 3000, that type of thing. But, you know, we're, we're, we're not back. I mean, there, there's no, you know, the, the, there's still uncertainty about the amphitheater season. If that's good, there's probably no way that's starting in June, maybe by August, probably by fall, we should be okay with things like festivals outside or, you know, any type of bigger outdoor production. But at this point, these smaller independent venues are still very, very much struggling. And I'm hoping that when they do these types of, Hey, here's an independent venue from Nashville, you know, here's a bartender from there that that raises the awareness across the board for, right. you know, the ones, the ones here as well. So, so, you know, I, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of um, just uh, sort of not, not activism, but just a way to remind people how much the music indie industry has been struggling. We, we yeah. hear a lot of, we hear a lot about the restaurant industry and that's not to take away anything from their problems, but I think as, Oh, that's just entertainment. and. Yeah, it's just entertainment that employs a whole lot of people who've yeah, been out of right. out of work. So right. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And a lot of those places are, you know, their their margins are pretty low to begin with. So you know, when they can't fill, even you know, once they do reopen, they'll have to reopen at a you know much smaller capacity and you know, that probably doesn't always pay the bills. So. Well, and you know, when you do have artists who can perform two or three shows like they've been doing at the Roxy, it it basically brings you to breaking even, but it gives yeah. everybody an opportunity to work as I right. think the way they're looking at it now. And for some of these acts, you know, they just want to be able to get their, their roadies on, on the road again. And, you know, their lighting guy and, and, you know, those type of people or, yeah. or the bartenders at, at the venue. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I do hope that, that the Grammys will, you know, kind of shine a light on that for people who might have forgotten because, yeah, as much as it's about the Beyonce's and the Taylor's and the Dua Lipa's and, you know, people who are on the cover of Rolling Stone, it, the music industry is also about all those other people that help help the music get out to the people throughout the year. <laughs> right. And the thing is, you know, in those top categories, most of those people would probably be playing, you know, non-independent big right. name venues and all that. But But further down on the list, there are plenty of artists who that's where they make their living at these smaller independent uh, live venues. So. And, and even those big name artists, that's where they had to start. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing that people forget sometimes that, you know, Janelle Monae's, one of her first shows was at Smith's Old Bar, Kings yeah. of Leon. First show they ever played as a band was at Smith's Old Bar. You know yeah. I mean? All, all these artists who have then gone on to become, you know, you change Taylor Swift was playing, you know, little clubs in Nashville when she was 16, yep. 17 years old. So yeah, it, it, it's so, it's so important to remind people about that. But um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see how things uh, roll out this year as far as the live show. Um, we can talk a little bit about the nominees and 
what what yeah. what we're going to be looking at, I guess. Right. Speaking, <laughs> little... speaking of of the the big names at the top of the list, um, yeah, no. the the big four categories up there are, uh, you know, they're 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 interesting this year. They, uh, they're much more diverse this year. I, you know, they are. It, it's sort of like criticizing the Grammy nominations is has been around as long as the Grammys have been around pretty much because no matter what they do, it's either, you know, you didn't focus enough on, you know, artists that are more underground. You only focused on the big people. Then it's okay. You know, who's Jacob Collier? Why, why is he an album of the year category, you know, from other people who might just be top 40 listeners. So I, I, you know, yes, there were some glaring omissions. Let's just say the weekend. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's sort of the elephant in the room there, you know. That is such the elephant in the room. And it's so <laughs> it's so puzzling because yeah. this is a star. This is a guy that had a huge selling album in 2020 with hits and, you know, played the Super Bowl halftime show. This is not somebody who's just, you know, some critically acclaimed darling that maybe no one else, you know, 12 people have heard of. Right. I, I I really am still stunned at his complete shutout this year. And, right. you know, can't really I really can't understand how he could not have been nominated. All I can figure is that he must have been like the last name among the group that makes the final cut in every single category that he yeah. could have been nominated. Well, yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, you know, I just saw a, a news item that, that Blinding Lights met the whole year in the top 10. Um oh, Wow. You know, I didn't, it's like, I didn't it's know that. Just, yeah, I just saw that, and it was just like a record that that you know, kind of amazing that a song would spend that long in the top ten. Um, so yeah, it's it really is puzzling. It's but. so it's so puzzling, but you know, on the other hand, it's nice to see. So Beyonce is the leader of the pack with nine awards. You know, Dua Lipa has six, Roddy Rich has six, and Taylor has six. So so you know, you've kind of got a mix there of some newer names or, you know, maybe not the people's name who you see all the time. And even, even Taylor, I mean, you know, she has one album of the year, but she, I, I think with folklore, she, you know, I mean, that would really mean something special to her to win for that. And this is the first time she's performing on the show in five years. So it's not like, you know, as big a name as she is, it's not like she's somebody that we see ad nauseum on the Grammy. So, um, right. but yeah, but yeah, let's, so the four big categories, album of the year, song of the year, record of the year and best new artist. Um, uh, album of the year, I think is going to come down to either either folklore from Taylor or Dua Lipa's yep. future nostalgia, which, yep. you know, both really solid albums, two, you know, very different styles. But I, I, I can almost see Dua Lipa coming away with a little bit of a upset there. But yeah, I, I that's, that's what a lot of people seem to be thinking. And, and I, you know, I it, it is a really, really good album. And I, I, I love folk, folklore as well. But but you know, I, I I would love to see Future Nostalgia do Alipa's album win. It's 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 really really quite an accomplishment, I think. So. It is, and and both of those were two of my favorite albums of last yeah. year. So I was glad to see them on there. And so yeah. other nom the other nominees are Janae Aiko with Chalumbo, Black Pumas with Black Pumas Deluxe Edition. Jacob Collier, De Jesse Volume Three, Heim with M Women in Music Part Three. Also, I love Heim too. Um, Post Malone, Hollywood Bleeding, and then you've got this like seeming mainstream outlier in Coldplay with Everyday Life. Who, again, you know, Coldplay has been nominated for Grammys. I probably like them more than you do, and that's totally cool. But but like yeah. that's but that's sort of the slot where you go. Why wouldn't the weekend be there? <laughs> well, yeah, that yeah, it's like Coldplay is like that 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 old classic Grammy slot where it's like, yes. oh, we, we liked them before, and we, you know, we've nominated them many times before, so oh, let's just throw them in there. The obligatory, then, the obligatory yeah. mainstream outlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I I loved 
um, I, I believe it was their third album was was really Viva, Viva La Vida. No, uh, maybe it was, was it the second one? Um, God, I can't remember. The one with the scientist on it. Uh, yes. Yes, which yeah. the name escapes me at the moment too. Yes, yeah, it does too. <laughs> but but you know th- those were fine, and you know I I I enjoyed them. I, I saw them live, and um, you know a couple of times uh, they were one of those bands that that first made me realize that there are bands who should play arenas and not small venues. Yes, exactly. Uh, because yes. they were much better in an arena than they were in a smaller venue. And they're one of those bands that. I also prefer live to even listening on record, even though, you know, yeah. there are a handful of their songs that I still have on my, you know, my shuffle. But um, I, I always enjoyed seeing them live because Chris Martin is really just fun to he he's just like this regular guy who became a superstar. And and that's kind of fun for me to see him skipping around the stage. Always so happy to be performing. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. And and he's going to he's also going to be performing. He not Coldplay. I'm right. not sure what that's about. Perhaps it's a you know, I don't know if any of the guys might be overseas or 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 whatever um yeah. but 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 chris will be there so yeah i mean uh, of that grouping i i think we could safely whittle it down to taylor or or do a leap but you know who knows there could be the black pumas that you know pull out the surprise it's, it's yeah. they, they've done that before too usually exactly. not in the usually not in the right way it's usually gone no. with, like let's give it to steely dan <laughs> you know? right but that kind of thing but um you know, I, I I think one of those two women will come away with the top prize, which would be cool. Uh, Song of the Year contenders, along with Taylor, so she's nominated for Cardigan, are Beyonce with Black Parade, Dua Lipa with Don't Start Now, Roddy Rich and The Box, and then If the World Was Ending with J.P. Sachs featuring Julia Michaels, hers I Can't Breathe, Billie Eilish's Everything I Wanted, and Post Malone's Circles on that. And, you know, I, I'm going Taylor because it's a songwriting award. And it's yeah. one, and I, I think that song is one of her most delicate and lovely offerings of her entire catalog, really. And and it was also a hit. And I, I think people are going to recognize that. Um, the difference between song and record of the year for people who don't know is that song goes to the songwriter, which is also why I think they'll take that opportunity to nominate. I mean, to to award Taylor as opposed to record of the year. So in that category, it's Beyonce's Black Parade, Billie Eilish's Everything I Wanted, Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now, and Post Malone Circles, same as song, as yeah. well as Colors by the Black Pumas, Rockstar, Baby with Roddy Rich, Say So by Doja Cat, and Savage with Megan Thee Stallion, which is one of four nominations for her, by the way, which also features Beyonce. But for as many Grammys as Beyonce has, which is 24, I mean, she's yeah. up there. She's, she's one of the top you know, Grammy getters. They're all mostly in those secondary categories like, you know, best R&B song and contemporary R&B album. And I think she's going to win record of the year for Black Parade because I think the, the Academy realizes that they, they, they got to reward her with something among those marquee wins. You know, I mean, you're huh. and it's a great song. I mean, there's yeah. there's that part of it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put it among her very best, but, you know, I, I that's. What would you big. go? What would you go with there? Oh, I don't know. You mean what would I pick for? I think "Don't Start Now." Uh, Dua Lipa is gonna. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems like I, that's that's a great song. It's 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 so catchy. It's um uh, and it's smart. It's it's fun. It's I mean, it just seems like record of the year to me. Um, you know, if you don't have blinding lights in there, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I I love "Say So" by Doja Cat too. I mean, that would that would be fun. And Savage was uh, you know also a, a huge hit that 
had so, you know, has so much bite to it that I love also. Right. So I'm not sure I'm going to be really disappointed with anybody except perhaps Post Malone. Um, yeah. And not that I, you know, I like Post Malone. Okay. Just fine. But I'm not sure that's the song that really needs to win record of the year when this is a, this is a particularly strong category. And, and again, I think it is a, a much more diverse category than we've seen from the Grammys in a lot of years. And then we've got the, the best new artist, which is usually a bunch of you know newer names. Sometimes there's somebody in there who's actually released an album, but because of the way the rules are structured, you know they're still eligible for best new artist. Yeah. But but this year we've got Ingrid Andress, Phoebe Bridgers, Chica, Noah Cyrus, D Smoke, Doja Cat, Kay Trinata. Am I saying that? Trinata, right? yeah. yeah, and Megan Thee Stallion. That's a that's a pretty stacked category too. I'm I mean yeah. Doja Cat, Phoebe, Chica's. You know I mean really all of them. And but. I, I don't think anybody will have a problem with Megan Thee Stallion grabbing this one. And I think that's probably a, a good bet. She's had such a huge year and, you know, just broken out in every possible way. And just, you know, even even in her personal life, the things that she's doing that that have been spotlighted, you know, just such great stuff. And yeah, I, I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> why the, not? but the thing is, the Grammys being the Grammys, it could be <laughs> Bridgers, you know, and right. Because right. You know, they, I, I don't know, they sometimes, I, not that I love Phoebe Bridgers, I think she's fabulous, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, she's not someone that a lot of mainstream listeners will recognize immediately, I think. Right. Um, yeah, well, except, well, the SNL, I think the SNL appearance well, maybe changed that just, just a little yeah, just a little bit. I mean, because, you know, I know someone like my husband, you know, when that week of SNL, he's like, who is this? And I'm like, you know, you know she's cool. You'll like her <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and but, but prior to that, that wasn't someone who was really on his radar. But yeah. I, I, I think it's also a, a pretty solid collection of new newish, I'll say newish artists, uh, you know, compared to what they sometimes have come up with in the past. <laughs> yeah, Katrinov has been around a little while. That's another. Yeah, that's one. Of, it's like there's always someone who, you know, it's like they're not really new, but, you know. And, and Noah Cyrus, too. I mean, Noah Cyrus has been around for yeah. a bit. Also, so yeah, I mean, that's why I say newish is probably the the best way to classify that. That should possibly change the name of that. Just like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should change the name of itself. Right. Too. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, there's nothing there like that 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 is seems really agree. Just like Shelby Lynn, who had you know had right. a long career when she right. was suddenly, <laughs> yes. suddenly best new artist. Exactly. Like, really. Three albums later. Yeah, was, <laughs> that was really odd. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I'd be fine really with any of these people winning, but I, I think we're going to see uh, Megan with that one, which is yeah. which is great, which is totally cool. So, you know, our Georgia nominees, we we live in a state that even though everybody still always talks about L.A. and New York, mostly every year, Georgia has really pretty much more nominees than any other state. <laughs> yeah. And and that's, you know, in, in, in the front of the stage, behind the stage, we've got so many producers and writers and people like that. We've also got a lot of transplants here, like Kentucky's Jack Harlow. He's nominated for best rap performance. He's here now. And, you know, people, people like that have made the list, but um, Chloe and Hallie, they've got three nominations. They're up for best progressive R and B album for ungodly hour, which also I think could have been an album of the year contender um, best traditional R and B performance with wonder what she thinks of me and best R and B song for do it. And it would be lovely to see, them pick up at least one of those because they are very very talented and right. would love to see them get that that spotlight a little bit too. The, those I'm sh- I'm sure all three of those are going to be part of that pre telecast that I was talking about earlier. Maybe maybe one of them they'll throw in the actual you know live show, but 
if you want to see them, I would tune into that. Uh, Future's up for a Best Music Video Award for Life is Good with, with Drake. Little Baby, of course, like I said, has Best Rap Performance and Best Rap Song with The Bigger Picture. That's a song that I also think, you know, could have fit pretty comfortably in Song of the Year <laughs> because yeah. he had a lot to say in that song and, and did it very, very well. Uh, Lecrae, one of our big contemporary Christian, well, Here's the thing with Lecrae. He's up for Best Contemporary Christian Music Performance and Song uh, for the song Sunday Morning, as well as Best Gospel Performance and Song for the song Come Together from a project he did with uh, Rodney Jerkins. And Lecrae kind of straddles this line between, I'm, I mean, it's it's a big line, actually. It's it's a, it's a line that is that is rap, that is Christian, that is even some, you know, rock elements and EDM elements he puts in his music. And yeah. he he always likes to say that his music is faith driven rather than wanting to be seen as a Christian artist, um, because I don't think he wants to be tagged necessarily in a category that might pigeonhole him, which is not, you know, because it's not everything that he is. However, when it comes to award shows, you pretty much have to be pigeonholed into a category to be right. nominated for something. So that's why you're going to see him in those best contemporary Christian categories, at least this year. Uh, Big Sean lives in Atlanta now, and he's up for best rap performance uh, with the song Deep Reverence, which has Dipsy Hustle on it. Luke James, he's in the mix for best R&B album. Uh, Quavo from Migos is up for best pop duo or group performance for One Day, which he did with Justin Bieber. You've got Earth Gang from Atlanta. They're nominated for Best R&B Song for Collide. And then you've got um, he, Samuel Glode. He's part of the Song of the Year and Best Rap Song categories as being the co-writer for Roddy Rich's The Box. He's from New York, but he lives here now, too. Right. And, then, and then you've got Colin Leonard, who is Atlanta-based. He's an engineer and mixer, and he factors into two of the Record of the Year nominations for Beyonce's Black Parade and Megan Thee Stallion's Savage. So, you know, like I said, you've got all these people who live here and are, might not be names that people are really familiar with on a regular basis, but they're certainly turning out very important things. And then, you know, other Georgia natives like Dave Cobb, he doesn't live here right now, but he is from here. He's up for producer of the year. He's done some amazing stuff. Robert Cray, best traditional blues album, Lady A, best country duo or group and Little Big Town, of course, our right. friends in Little Big Town who, yeah. <laughs> who are also up for best country duo or group performance right. and also uh, best country album. And, and that's the cool thing that, you know, we get from this state is, and we've got a little bit of everything, you know, we, we always we always shine in, in the country and the hip hop and the Christian categories because there's so many people who have either you know been homegrown or have transplanted here and really made Atlanta their home or somewhere in Georgia their home. So so it's always, you know, it, it's always a pretty good showing for the state at the end of the night. Uh, there have been one or two years where we had something like, I don't know, 25, 30 nominees and like everybody was shut out, <laughs> yeah. leaving me with not a lot to write about that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and occasionally, you know, you'll get uh, a Mastodon in there. Or, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. They won their first with, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Was Baroness once? I think Baroness might have been nominated once for. I something. think so. That, um, sound, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our metal votes can, uh, you know, occasionally sneak in there as well. Yeah. I mean, also a, a glaring omission, you know, f from the nominees in general who happen to be from Atlanta would be Run the Jewels. With, yeah. with their album that came out this summer, because, you know, talk about another potent piece of work that I thought was grossly overlooked. And another one of those, how is this possible kind of things when it got so much mainstream attention too? because the timing of it was over the summer was just almost, you know, almost 
prescient with with some of the songs that Killer Mike had written, you know, months prior about social injustice and, and you know, police killings and, and killing people and, and that type of thing that had, you know, nothing. No, it was it was before the summer when everybody was talking about it, that he had written all this. And then when they released it, everybody thought, oh, well, you know, he just is the reaction to what's going on now. And no, it wasn't. It was things that, you know, he's been thinking about long before this. And there's so many important messages on that album that I was I was really bummed that they were overlooked on that. Yeah. But I don't know. Killer Mike, had, I forgot what he said when the nominations came out, but you know, he, he's the, he's the kind of guy who's always just like, it's all good. It's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, I, I, I was noticing going through the list and everything, um, you know, there's been some in, in years, recent years about uh, talk about, um, you know, the lack of women on country radio and things like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Most best country song. And if you take the categories of best country song and best country album of the 10 nominees, there's one that is male dominated and that's it. Wow. It's really interesting because all uh, in, in best country song, everyone nominated it's, it's women except for old dominion and and best country album. Every nominee has some sort of uh, female presence in it because little big town is one of them. And then the other, the other four are, are female solo artists. So, do you happen do you happen to have that list in front of you? Because I don't at the moment. I do. If- yeah, Miranda Lambert for Bluebird for Song, uh, Maren Morris, the Bones, the High Women for Crowded Table, Ingrid Andrus, more more hearts than mine, and Old Dominion. Some people do, and then the best country album, Ingrid Andrus again for Lady Like, Brandy Clark, Your Life Is a Record, Miranda Lambert's Wild Card, Little Big Town Nightfall, and Ashley McBride Never Will. So, yeah. Yeah, that goes to show you that uh, women are certainly producing high quality work, even if country radio is not recognizing it. <laughs> right. And, and you know, it's interesting. Mickey Guyton is in, in one of those, but she is uh, nominated for, I believe, Best Country Solo Performance. So. Yes, yes. And she is the first black country, female country performer to be nominated for a Grammy, if, if yeah. I recall. And I, she's I all, she's yeah. she's also she's also performing on the show. And uh, boy, I love her voice. I, I, I love her voice so much. So I'm glad to see that they're finally, you know, people are finally starting to take notice of what she's been putting out, too. Yeah. 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 It's, uh you know, like I said, I, I think, you know, sometimes there's the overreaction slash overcorrection of, you know, several years ago when Neil Portnow, who was then the CEO of the Recording Academy, sort of stuck his foot in his mouth and said, you know, well, if, you know, if women step up, they can, they can be nominated too. I I was in the room when he said that. And I still, to this day, don't think he meant it the way it was reported because things come out, you know, when something's said and it's then in print, it sounds different in reality that, you know, but he said it and it turned into what it turned into. And, (laughs) and I think, you know, the next year the Grammys were like, Oh my God, we have to nominate a bunch of women and not that they weren't deserving, but there, there does tend to be that. But I I think with the country, you know, these country categories, obviously all of these women are, are, you know, so deserving of these accolades and these nominations and, and yeah, country music is not a boys club by any means anymore. It's just that, you know, country radio sometimes seems to think that that's what their listeners believe and want to hear. It's almost like classic rock, you know, I mean, you you grew up hearing the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and, you know, U2 and all all the boy, all the boy bands (laughs) that it's like, yeah, well, don't forget about heart. (laughs) Yeah, or Pat Benatar. Or, or Pat Benatar, or yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, or Lita Ford, who yeah, I happen Lita to Ford. dig. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why she just she just sprung to mind. <laughs> Lita Ford, yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah it'll, you know, it's going to be a, a different kind of Grammys, um, a later kind of Grammys. Hopefully next year we'll be back on track with a January show in person out in LA with an actual press room and actual performances all coming from the venue and people sitting in the Staples Center and being able to applaud in person. And right. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I say I think we'll be OK by then. But, you know, who knows? Nine months ago, everybody thought, oh, yeah, the Grammys will be fine for this January. Right. <laughs> and, and here we yeah. you know, here we are now. So we'll yeah. see. But it is it is music's biggest night. So uh, <laughs> I ho- I ho- let's hope it let's hope it lives up to the name. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. But uh, yeah, it, well, um I, I guess uh, we've pretty much covered uh, the the whole thing here. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and just for to, the surprises, and you know, we'll we'll be as surprised as everyone out there. Well, we? exactly, exactly. And just to reiterate again, it's it's Sunday night, eight o'clock, CBS and Paramount Plus, uh, the former CBS All Access, is also going to be streaming it live. If uh, you're you're not going to tune in broadcast, and then starting at three p.m. on Grammy.com or Grammy.org, they have both domains. <laughs> right. You could you could check out that premiere ceremony where many 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 of the awards uh, will be given out. And, and during that, you often get clues as to what's going to win some of the big awards, because, you know, if they start, you know, giving out awards to certain people, you're like, hmm, I wonder yes. if that will follow <laughs> on in the big categories. So. Exactly. Because these most of these multi nominees, not all of the, you know, only those big four categories are probably what will be on TV, but they'll, they've been nominated in some smaller categories as well. Right. That will be part of that telecast. And I should also probably mention, yes, I will be covering the Grammys, even though it'll be from my home office sitting at my right. desk and looking at my computer monitor. So please make sure to check out the music scene blog on AJC.com. And we'll have coverage uh, in the print version of the paper Monday and Tuesday, as much as we can get in with deadlines and that kind of stuff. Um, so we will definitely have an overview. I, I do tend to try and you know focus a little bit on the Georgia winners and nominees as much as I can, especially in those earlier categories where most of our people are. And then, you know, kind of do a recap of the show. Hopefully the virtual press room will work out and we'll still get to hear from some of the winners who right. come who come backstage, virtual backstage yeah. to talk about winning. So uh, there you go. All right. Well, that's great. So uh, thanks a lot for uh, joining me for this uh, very interesting discussion, Melissa. Anytime. <laughs> There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had. And we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience. And the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. Kiss Me, I'm Irish t-shirts will likely be a rare sight at St. Patrick's Day festivities this year. As Atlanta tentatively begins hosting public events again, celebrations promise to be socially distanced and masked. The Hibernian Benevolent Society of Atlanta has canceled its beloved St. Patrick's Day parade this year, but there are several festivities on tap for those itching to get out and raise a glass to the patron saint of Ireland. Head to AJC.com to see our list of eight ways to celebrate the holiday this year. The Allman Brothers Band hit the reissue track with their Live at Great Woods DVD on March 26th, years after it went out of print. The show, filmed for a Japanese TV special on September 6, 1991, will be available on DVD and digitally, as will individual audio and video tracks. Melissa Ruggieri has the details on the Atlanta Music Scene blog at AJC.com. And while you're at the Atlanta Music Scene blog, check out the announcement of a brand new festival spotlighting Americana music. The Lost Art Music Festival, headlined by St. Paul and the Broken Bones, will station itself at Fox Hall Resort, about 30 minutes southwest of Metro Atlanta in Douglas County, on June 12th. 
the 1,100 plus acres of outside space will provide plenty of social distancing room. About 20% of the 115,000 square foot capacity will be utilized, allowing for a capacity of about 2,000. The AJC's dining team continues to explore some of the best in takeout with the Atlanta Orders In feature, which you'll find in print in the living section many weekdays. This week, they visit Casa Nuova in Alpharetta, an old-school Italian spot from the folks behind the late-lamented Alfredo's on Cheshire Bridge Road. Family-owned restaurants often are a special class of eatery. Owners and patrons watch one another's children grow up, get married, and have children of their own. They inquire about grandchildren and aging parents. Casa Nuova is that kind of family restaurant. Read up on all the places the team has visited on the Atlanta Restaurant Scene blog at AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felician. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen, And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.